0: Uh, good morning, my name is Annette Munson and Lisa wanted me to say something really short about she's taught, oh she said 43 years and I've taught almost 30 and we're both retired and I said no, no that, that's not going to work. <laughs> so what I wanted to do was, was let you know how I met Lisa and it has a lot to do with Haiti and before she shares her story about um, her, her faith in plain sight, I wanted to, to t- tell the story of how, how I first met her, which was, I really knew who you, who you were, but she got up in one morning in minute for mission. Does anybody remember those? Okay, she got up and talked about this trip to Haiti. And I accosted her in the parking lot afterwards, and I said, I think I'd really like to go. She said, great. Little did I know that was gonna be the beginning of a 10-year uh, rotation of trips to Haiti. And so that first year, um, My reactions were very strong, and I have here this journal that I kept, which is full of all the things that happened that first year and for the next 10 years. I'm really glad I had it because I was looking at it last night and realized that that it was an amazing experience for all of us for for reasons that you never think of when you're going. So that is how we became friends. But we recently had a conversation which went something like this. I really miss Haiti. And she said, yes, so do I. And the fact that we can't go back right now is really hard for both of us. Um, <laughs> most, most of all, because we lost our leader, our, our, our main interpreter, was named Jude, who died a year ago, two, two years two ago. Years. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's a tough thing to think about. But as, as we listen to the stories today that Lisa's going to talk about, she's going to talk about how these trips to Haiti affected her faith development. Lisa okay I'll hold this man yeah. well I want to say
1: this is not going to be um, us trying to convince you to go on a trip to Haiti with us we, we hope that, that gets to happen someday um, and it's not a story about any of us heading off to Haiti to try to save souls you know we saw maybe some people with that mindset and we that's did. not what um, our trips were about Um, And I have to say, it's not a story that has an ending. That's good. Um, I do think it's a story about faith in plain sight. Um, It's about how some of the particular experiences that happened to be in, you know, focused on Haiti, um, affected my faith development um, and and how that connects with friendships, with the church, with teamwork, um, and patterns that I think Apply not just to going on a
0: trip to Haiti. Um, well, uh, Lisa, can you tell us how your spiritual roots prepared you for this time <laughs> in your life? So,
1: I, I have to say, my roots go really deep. Um, both of my grandfathers were Methodist ministers. One of them baptized me. Um, <coughs> my parents met each other uh, working in, in the summer at Lake Junaluska. You know. Um, they got married right as World War II was starting and my dad was in England for three years. So meanwhile, you know, the new bride goes and lives with her new in-laws and she works as a church educator in her father-in-law's church. So, you know, I really wasn't gonna miss out on learning this, you know, this faith. Um, So years go by and, you know, we are in Sunday school and church in Mississippi every single week Um, you know family prayers all of that then when I was 12 um, a really bad thing happened my dad died really suddenly so kind of the the worst thing that a kid can think about but you know I really remember knowing that God was right there um, you know even then so shifting over to thinking about Haiti you know I think of it kind of the same way it's where I've seen the worst, the worst, the worst, but been so aware of of, of God's presence. So how did this story begin? Started with a dare. Um, (laughs) A little background, I had heard Kay talk in church about UPC's planning a trip to Haiti. I think Sandy had already been the year before. Um, And so I heard that and it caught my, attention because I was on outreach and really, you know, interested anyway, but one day at school one of my young colleagues told me she was thinking of applying for a teaching job in a third world country. And I, you know, I'm thinking maybe you ought to visit one first. And, um, and, so, and so, so, so I told her about this trip and I said, I'll go if you'll go. and. That was Off we went. You know. um, and so you know, I want you to, to join me in thinking of these trips as sort of an illustration of a process that might apply to um, different ways that God might be calling us to all kinds of things that keep the faith growing. Um, and so here's my process. I think there are conversations with the right people at the right time Um, I think there's a ton of seeing and noticing and trying to make sense of things. Um, I think and I hope there's teamwork in the faith community. And then there's asking questions. And I see God's hand in all those those steps. So have your ears working on that. So as in all of the trips that we've made, Kay was amazing in working out all the logistics. And so... It involved plenty of time bouncing along in a really crowded beat up van <laughs> all over the place. It involved um, spending most nights in bunk beds in different guest houses. A couple of nights of wonderful luxury, seaside, beautiful setting. Honestly, delicious food all the time. Great, cool entertainment every night. Um, you know. Tours of historic sites and going to museums and the art everywhere you looked so that's the scene um, that trip that first one opened my eyes um, I just was overwhelmed with all the scenes that I saw looking through the van window um, and through looking in the faces of people who were sharing their stories it, it was absolutely overwhelming um, you know, on that trip, we didn't do any service. We didn't do anything except maybe there was a little bit of subpar painting of one of Pastor Leon's walls. I think it had to be redone. But, um, you know, the whole time, I was just taking in so much um, and trying to make sense of it. One of the stops on that first trip was in City Soleil, which is one of the places you've seen in the news lately with really now has just awful gang problems. Um, but even back then, you know, that's where we saw the most extreme poverty and just galvanized tin roofs of shacks kind of leaning up next to each other. And um, sh- the streams just filled with garbage and crowds of people kind of moving <laughs> through the streets, you know, and you're riding along in this van thinking, what are we doing? And all of a sudden you see, you know, probably two strong people rolling back a steel door and you bounce into what I'm going to call an oasis behind this wall and um, was a beautiful place with a church and a clinic and a school and things are freshly painted and great. And here are these little children, you know wearing uh, gingham uniforms that I still don't understand how they did laundry. But they looked perfect, <laughs> and you know, and we come into classrooms, and teachers have the kids stand up, and they recite or um, sing to us. It was pretty amazing. Um, you know, you couldn't miss the contrast. Wow, look at this! Thinking that their lives are on the other side of the wall. Um, I was also super glad, thankful that UPC was supporting. <laughs>
0: this kind of work in Haiti and making this possible. Okay, well with basic needs like food, shelter, and clean water, why invest in schools? I mean, really, should that rise to the top of the list? I mean,
1: if you asked our friend Pastor Leon anytime, what does Haiti need the most? And I remember asking him that in 2010, right after the earthquake. And so, you know, everything was absolutely rubble. And even then he'd say, education is what they need. So we've been investing in education you know, with that belief. Um, so I need you right now to think about any elementary school classroom you've ever been in. I know you went, went to one one time maybe. You know. and so just picture the contents of any of those rooms so at the same moment that we were like, ah, oh, wow, this is nice, bright-colored furniture and everything looks great, all of a sudden teacher eyes kind of turn on, and I'm thinking, huh, there are a few things missing here, like books, like anything on the walls, any kind of posters, student work display, no, art supplies, nothing. It really, I mean, toys in the younger range, nothing. It was bare. So you know, that's when you start to think, maybe this is, is what God wants me to notice, you know? And so fast forwarding, we start to talk with Kay and, and wonder if UPC might take a different kind of trip to Haiti where maybe we could bring some teacher training and some supplies to, you know, they're pro- providing the safety and this nice place for these kids, you know, can, can we make it better? So we asked Jackie Dorleans, who's Leon's wife and Jackie runs the schools, you know, if that was a possibility, what did she think they needed? And she told us, well, they hadn't had any teacher training in 14 years. And any of us who are teachers know how frequently you know we participated teacher training. Um, so that that was amazing. Um, and you know, supplies, they needed that. Um, she, when we followed up that question with, okay, well, what's the biggest need? What do they, they most need to know more about? And she fired right back, <coughs> comprehension. They need you know, to teach reading comprehension better. And I'm thinking, that's easy, that's mm-hmm. kind of a specialty. And um, so we could get great volunteers from UPC and let's get going, what do we need? Oh, books, yeah um good ones i want good ones and that step wasn't as easy as we thought it would be mm-hmm. explain okay. that and we need to talk about that and there's an evolution that took years <laughs> in, in us learning about the books start with the language at that point the, the national language in, in haiti was french but really only the teeny tiniest most elite group of haitians would be spe- speaking in french but it's the academic language, and that's what people expected in the schools. Even though these kids never heard it or spoke it outside of school, huh, that's a problem. You know, Everything you know about learning to read makes you think it needs to go with the language you speak and the language you hear, if you're gonna get the idea that it makes sense. And you know, yes, they need to learn French eventually. So we started, you know coming up with ideas for books and we we thought okay well we have the teachers write little booklets and then they could you know be better at teaching their kids to write books and then we thought you know UPC can buy books let's go buy some books in Creole well thud
0: (laughs) you know we found
1: we really did find some but they were really bad (laughs) and so you know, somebody knew somebody who had a children's book story in Canada with you know really good books in yeah. French. Well, it, that would be better, nice illustrations and all that. But none of it looked like the scene of Haiti or the people in Haiti. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, you Sorry, know. Can I ask you one question? Yes. So you were in France for a long time? No. 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 You were not in France. No. Oh. No. 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 Okay. It's just you know. Um, that's so much, to, it's the yeah. history of Haiti. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish that my French were better and <laughs> all kinds of things. But it was. Um, so I'm, our next attempt was, we got our friend Jude, who's so good at, at translating, to take some you know, excellent picture books that are written in English and translate the text into Creole. And so he would s- send his translation and we'd print out the text on, you know, labels. And some of you helped us stick all the labels on all the pages so that we could go off with, you know, quality books that did have the appropriate language. Um, But then, you know, this has taken some years. um, The best idea was when we started collaborating with the teachers to create books with photographs and, you know, their ideas. and again you know we call on um jude to help us get that translation done but there are all these books that UPC helped us um, produce and we could take not one for every teacher but you know some good ones to every school that we worked with and so inside these books are photos that the teachers took of the teachers and of you know what was around us in haiti all connected to whatever our theme for the year was like this one was uh, make a joyful noise and you know it's so the text thank goodness is not just in Creole it's it's also the English mm-hmm. so we can read it <laughs> so, you know some of our books <laughs> yeah. one of my favorites is the Haitian version of Good night Moon that's Good Night, Rooster, uh-huh. you know, which any, all of you who've been to Haiti know why, mm-hmm. that's a perfect, <laughs> Good Night, Rooster. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah, so we started out with the books, <laughs> you know, um, you know, or you're, you're seeing that this evolved over, over the years. Um, and it all started back with Jackie telling us we need help with reading comprehension. And then before that, You know us realizing you know we really could help with teacher training couldn't we and you know and so i guess it wasn't just books that were the basics so it's time for the big list and that what big list of the of the supplies we
0: took oh my gosh that well (laughs) she's the organized one (laughs) I I was her 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 assistant I just got got supplies we we figured out after a couple of years that that we really needed to bring everything they had nothing they didn't have pencils they didn't have paper they didn't have anything so we would um, figure out our theme and then we would um, figure out what kinds of which book we were going to use to support our theme for that year and then we would start working on making the supplies that we needed, including we made these burrito books, which were this complicated way of folding paper, just white paper, so that they had something to write on. Mm-hmm. So we made those yeah. books. We brought pencils, paper, chalkboards and chalk, small chalkboards, um, magazine pictures that you, many of you helped us cut out and take, which we used to make books, um, name tags. We would we'd do these name tags every year based on the theme that we would um, take along and they would make oh. the name tags when they got there we've got oh i mean supply here. here's my whole
1: collection down here <laughs> <laughs> you know?
0: um we would do um a music bag we did lummy sticks i don't know if you know what those are but they're these little wooden sticks that you can use for rhythm and we use we would take lummy sticks and and some kind of a song mathematic um games uh, we jude would, kicked uh, in it, well, with our right, song yeah. too but anyway that was go ahead. really helpful um we did one year we did sound wave experiment with spoons and strings and tin cans. General supplies bags would be sharpies, duct tape, regular tape, scissors, chart paper, pencils, glue sticks, markers. There, you know, we had to take all of our supplies to, to conduct a class. And then we would always do um, would make a new book. So every year they produced their own book because we couldn't find books that were appropriate. So we made one each year, brought it back, had it printed and then we would take it back the next year and they would get to see the fruit of their labors and they were very proud of that. Uh, And one year we even had an art show, um, we had them all make collages and then we had an art show. Um, And then we had to have teacher door prizes, that was really important. So we would draw names out of a hat or we we had various ways of doing it, but they were were really into that, let me tell you. (laughs) And then we would give certificates to them at the end of the year, and the end of this session. And they were not—they were not from any official school. They were from our church, but they were very official-looking. They official looking. great. And we had help <laughs> with yeah. church members buying those and with preparing them with their beautiful penmanship. And we would pass them out as as graduation. Now, the hardest part of that was they have these real complicated names and some people put their last name first and some people put their first name it, it's it's and you had to get it absolutely right or they wouldn't they were not happy so we would always take a few yeah, extra yeah, no. would no 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 my, my last name goes first so it depended on the person and and, and their background so that was sort of the, the end um activity was was giving them official certificates that they had attended this teacher training workshop many of them had been through fourth grade education and that was about it but they were very proud to be certified in some degree by our program yeah and so with
1: team members on the trip we would take turns you know signing these certificates oh, yeah. like, um, but it, it, it was really an important thing but even this name tag business the first year we went um, you know you just know you need name tags and we hadn't planned that ahead this is before Annette came um, the name tags were index cards and clothes fans off the clotheslines you know at Saint Joseph's so everything you know we kept learning and growing um, so um, remember that this story is not one about trying to convert people um, but it's about seeking to serve and um, I'm hoping you can see the see teamwork through all of this I mean people who collected buttons and spoons and good grief I mean I have to just say Jim Copeland and Betsy Bryan and Leslie Hicks are ones who just routinely are cutting out magazine pictures and having to think about is this appropriate for Haiti you know we, we couldn't take entire magazines because they were too, too heavy. heavy and yeah. but we've yeah. seen some of those magazine pictures taped with duct tape to walls and, and classrooms you know when we come back the next year or so but, you know, every bit of that you know volunteer work really did pay off um, but it really raises um, the question of is this working has it worked <laughs> are we serving God's people in um, you know especially now what do we think about how how the work goes on um, you know to me asking those questions are part of my faith development and you know we really wonder what difference have we made um for Haitians
0: so what have we done to maintain this yeah especially since the um close down of our ability to go down there what have we done to keep this project going so I mean certainly not ever imagining that we
1: couldn't go ourselves, you know, in, in 2022, um, we began to really see leadership among the teachers that we got to know, you know, the same people year after year, it's so good to you know have that consistent uh, connection with people. And so we identified some of those leaders and we started trying to train them to be workshop leaders. And, and so the way it worked for a few years was they would participate in what we planned and then the next day, sometimes, sometimes it was a couple days later, we handed over to them and they led the workshop. Um, you know, they meanwhile like divvied up who's gonna do what part, and they led the same thing they had just experienced. And for us, you know, it, it was great to stand back and watch them in action and listen to the translators telling us what was being said. So that was a step in the right direction. And then the last trip we got to make um, in 2019, um, we took it a smidge farther and we trained some of those leaders before we ever led a workshop. You know, we gathered them together. And so, even the first go around, they were presenters. And so, I feel like, you know, that has a shred of hope that workshops could happen more than once a year and that they could spread out. I mean, I'd love to see. Those teachers, you know, get the privilege I had in my career of, yeah, the main thing is teaching kids, but then also to get to to lead some things with with colleagues. Um, so that's that's kind of a hope. <coughs> um, so now what? Yeah. What um. <laughs> well, um you know, our bags are still packed and at the Lehman's house, <laughs> <laughs> taking up space. Where are they? <laughs> they're in the closet. Okay. They're hidden away. Because we, we really decided in March 2020 that we shouldn't go. And it wasn't because of COVID. It was because the, the political unrest had gotten you know, suddenly worse. You know, I and mean, it's gotten worse since then. Um, so, you know, it's a question that that's right <laughs> out there, is how can we continue things,
0: um, you know? Um, we so don't, don't where, have the answer to that. <laughs> so where did you feel God in your story? I don't know. No, so, aside from the workshops, I, you know, I think
1: God was there, but um, I think about You know, just some some beauty and some really holy spots where you'd notice the, um, you know, the the wind blowing wind chimes and um, we had to have some unique um, worship experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Like um, like, um, you know, being up on the roof of St. Joseph's, the old building, you know, before the earthquake, sitting on top of the roof and watching the sun come up on Easter morning. No, and then every worship service there with um, you know flowers and you know all the boys participating and being eager to share their books with you. I still didn't really help me, but you know, it didn't get any better. No, it did did not. Um, what, you know, one one moment that I'll never forget is watching um, an American who was working down there for a long time, Casey, um, holding one of the disabled. Um, people from Wings of Hope in her arms, so, you know, somebody who's kind of big and carrying that person forward for communion. You know, just really, really special. Um, and then and the Leon's churches—that you know, there's thousands of people—and yeah. in the really, really poor, poor sections, and you know, in big block letters stenciled over the exit in French, it said, "Go out to serve. I am with you always." You know, what a message in that, in that setting. Um, and, what the, and the singing. Oh my gosh, the singing. Yeah, I at mean, yeah, the moment, I mean, it was always gorgeous. And, and, you know, they were singing in our workshops and I loved it. Um, you know, the, the day of the earth, uh, that we were back right after the earthquake, like three months after, we were walking <clears throat> into the campus to meet with the teachers. And it's the day they've gotten together for the first time and we could hear them singing, and they were all gathered together and praying for members of their
0: community. Uh, You know, God was there for sure. How about the time we were on our way to our workshop and we had a flat tire? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, going
1: uphill with all our stuff and don't wanna be late, don't wanna be late, and you know, the next thing you know, um, a tap tap that was going the other way, our driver flags down the tap tap, and pretty soon, the people on the tap tap got off, it did a U-turn, and back we went. We weren't we late took to over. the workshop. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah and, and just generally the way people showed care for us. Um, mm-hmm. like out at Anwa, I remember, you know, um, one of the sisters greeting us with a tray of really cold uh, Cokes or RCs? R-C's we're not I sure. don't know. You know, <laughs> we don't agree. Just, you know. Or every time he showed up at St. Joseph's, they're pouring ice water for you. It's you know just such
0: care and um a welcome. And there was some incredibly competitive games of darts. uh <laughs> they used they teamed us up with the boys at St. Joseph's, and and we had we had a dart game, and it was really competitive. And they were, they were serious because they were going to get. Condensed canned milk as a prize that was first prize, so later. they're aiming
1: for that. But I think more important than that is the losers got the worst choices Jobs. of chores around you the know. house. So you know, we think it's fun, and we think it probably doesn't matter that some of us are awful at darts. But I'm just gonna yeah, say, yeah. nobody died. <laughs> she was bad, yeah. So, I mean. I'm, I think God was there in the laughter and the friendships for sure that we made Um, here at church as well as with Haitians over the years.
0: So, where did you feel God's absence while we were there?
1: I don't think you can think about that question.
0: Or quietness, put it it either way.
1: I mean, when you're looking at such awfulness and and people having to live and just horrible. Conditions, you know. Do you think God? You know, why is this the way it is? Um, you know, I, think, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be God's job to just fix it. It's people doing all of this. Um, and I, and I think um, one of the most recent times when I um, thought about where is God is when our friend Jude was so sick. He was. 43, and and just like days before he's he's dying, he's texting me saying, "I need God now," and it was so easy to text back to him. God, you know, God is right there with you, um, and quoting you know Bob's um, closing of worship service of you know hold fast to the one who holds fast to
0: you. Um, you know, just hate to lose a, a person like you. So how did your Christian identity change throughout your story? Okay, I've got three big words. Okay. One of them is humility
1: of wow, you know, when you think you know how to teach or how to, you know, all kinds of things, oh, mm-hmm. uh, keep learning because we were wrong so many times and we needed to keep keep learning. And the second one is resilience. And um, you know, the Haitians have just been the most amazing models of that for me. Um, but it, even for us in little things like, you know, picking up the lunch on time or, you know, all the kinds of things <clears> that come <throat> up. We kind of joked about having plan B, plan C, now we're down <laughs> to, <laughs> to <laughs> plan H, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, keep, you know, keep working on it. And then just the friendship idea um, is, you know the, the recognition that you can make um make some relationships where people are asking will you come back and you find yourself
0: saying well sure you know um so, so we learn something every year do not we yeah
1: okay so i think it's their turn Yeah it's your turn to
0: react yeah. to this well, yeah yeah uh, Lisa, uh, i'm pretty good at medical uh, we, we talk about case histories in medicine. Can you give us some case histories, individuals that you knew, you followed over the 10 years time, let us know who they are, what they're like, what's happened? If there are any individuals like that, maybe, maybe not. have
1: to talk about but, like, Bill comes to mind okay. for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, there's so many, but um, one person who's been in this church before is A guy named Bill Nathan, and he's an an amazing drummer. He and he's now kind of leads everything at St. Joseph's. Um, But when he was a little child, um, both of his parents died, and you know, he ended up being raised at St. Joseph's Home for Boys. Mm -hmm. And so, in that setting, you know, he's getting an education, he's developing incredible skills as an artist. Um, and you know, as becomes a leader at St. Joseph's, he's a person who was like standing on the roof at St. Joseph's, about to lead evening prayers for the younger um, kids, when the earthquake happened, and and he got slung off off the seven-story building, where a neighbor is saying, "Yeah, we saw Bill flying," and he he landed on the roof of the next door neighbor's house and bounced down to the ground with this skinny little tree that all of us who had been to Haiti at that point recognized that tree because it was right next to the little um, porch where we would gather so many times and so he's on the far side of that tree you know it's separating him from the building which turned out to be really good because the upper floors of the building just completely collapsed, and all this just comes pouring down, and that, that tree saved his life. Um, you know, so he gets he he manages to get to North Carolina and get some medical care. Um, you know, and lives to tell the story. You know, and so so much has happened in the you know subsequent years, but he's still you know a wonderful friend and a leard. is married, has a kid. Is, is kind of doing some community service around St. Joseph's with um, you know, I think it's a little school that they're running. So you know that's you know one guy we've known his story over the years. Who were oh, you? Nadege. Oh, and Nadege, um, Nadege was adopted by Leon and Jackie when she was a baby and we first met her she was um, at City Soleil and she, she got some education in Florida, but ended up going to Salem College um, and, and graduating with a d- degree in education. And so she was kind of being trained by her mother to lead things at the schools. And we could not have done our work. You know, it, it, we wouldn't have had any hope that there'd be follow through on things with the teachers without Nadej, because she you know, she really understands Out um, kind of what we were presenting. She'd seen things here in um, in the States. She visited my school one time and um, I was giving her a tour but as the day went on I realized I hadn't seen her all day, you know, like where's my dash? She'd spent the whole day in the library because you know, that was kind of a new thing, a real revelation to her. Um, so she is of growing in her leadership um, and, and I trust that she's gonna keep it going hope she, gets back. she right now she's living in, in Lynchburg because she she got married to an American and um, she uh, she's doing some work in a school but I think their future plan is the two of them to go back to Haiti so we could don't don't that's a terrible a question platform. to ask. Yeah, we could go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's get in um, triads or pairs and talk about how this connects to you and what you're going right. to take away from this um, conversation. And, we'll, then, and then we'll pelt some more questions back at. So, there are
1: a whole bunch of people out here who've been to Haiti. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> not, not, not right, we'll take about. I
0: don't know. Well, there are actually many. I'm not one of them. Uh, experts here, uh, in addition to you, too. I mean, Jim Snapper has been to Haiti as a doctor, sixty times, seventy times, whatever. And Sam Kay, we know about Sandy times. <laughs> Alexander. Just seem the people I know of that have been there. We've been there a couple of times, but but um, lot, lots of interest in this church in in Haiti, which is. Uh, but I've never heard your story before. Thank you for this. This is an educational Committee.: <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that was most interesting to me through the 10 years that I was doing it was how each year we learned something, we'd say, oh, we'd, I didn't even think about that. You know, we, would, we would assume something, so we'd, go back, we'd back up a little bit more and plan, plan better for the next year. So we got better and better at it each year. But it took a long time of learning on our part to figure out how to really be helpful. How about the first year with the scissors, oh. <laughs> ah. we took scissors to do this project, and we had adult many adults in the group who had never had a pair of scissors in their hands before, did not know how to use a pair of scissors, didn't know which hand to pick it up with, and we went, oops, yeah. blew that one. We better back up, and next time yeah. take oh stuff that's cut out. <laughs> we, we, but we'd, next year we next year we would back up a little bit and have more of the project started when we would give it to them to do, but. But we learned learned so much over the ten years about how much we assume that people have in their education, and they don't have it. So, and they were willing to learn; they just had not, not had this this experience. So, we were learning every year. We, I'd be taking notes all the way home. Okay, we forgot this, We forgot that. We forgot that. Mm-hmm. Let's but do even this next year.
1: like knowledge of the content, like we would right. pick topics that you know we. Thought would be appealing and appropriate and interesting for, for teachers and kids, but really we were thinking of those topics as just an example so we could teach a teaching technique. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. time after time, we saw so much um, evidence that we the information itself was new was to the they teachers, wanted. yeah. Like, it, they loved learning about science, science like. So interested in plants and trees, and but basic things like parts of trees and how do plants grow, that kind of thing, you know, had not had the typical elementary background. just didn't have it.